Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace. Be the gospel, leave the gospel. Believe the gospel, be the gospel, leave the gospel. I would first like to do a recap on what we have said concerning soul winning in this church. Because, you know, like I said, if the message is not getting to your head, which is step one, it will not even bear transformation. Of course, we have, once, once upon a time, I preached on head to heart. So, it's, it's, even getting to your head is not enough. It has to get to your heart, right? So that it can bear transformation. Amen. So, it's important that we remember what we have been taught and that these thoughts become revelations in our hearts. And after they become revelations in our hearts, that we form habits out of this revelation. That's what leads to a changed life. Amen. If you want to change your head only, just, keep, just be knowledgeable. Keep all the information. You can be able to teach it, but there will be no transformation. That is, that is not your story. I know that we are a very knowledge-driven generation. Although when it's people say knowledge-driven, most times it's not helpful knowledge. It's just any knowledge. Right? So we must be people that stay on the word until it becomes revelation and stay on revelation until it becomes habits and stay on those habits until it births a new lifestyle. That's what gives birth to transformation. Amen. So, um, of course, Pastor Phil started with giving us four key reasons why we should go about soul winning. What was number one? The plight of the unbeliever. Number two was the heart of the believer. The plight of the unbeliever talks about, you know, the, believer, the unbeliever is already condemned if they do not believe. The unbeliever is already destined to perish if they do not believe. The, plight, the, the heart of the believer talks about the compassion, talks about love, uh, what drives us to save souls. Uh, number three is... Um, the command of the Savior, letting us know that it is not just um, uh, it's not just an if I like matter. It is a command. Go ye. It is a it's, that's why it's called the Great Commission. It is an instruction for all believers. This ministry of reconciliation. And the fourth one is the message. In that the message in itself is a driving force. You know, and Ike also taught us on two reasons why. Uh, people do not want to engage in soul winning or go about evangelism, giving number one as guilt, shame. Am I correct? Yes, as uh, things that hold us back. Uh, we feel that we are not perfect enough. We feel that we are not good enough. And, of course, we have, we have, we have trashed that to let us know that we, we are not meant to. Uh, it's something I would also talk about today. We are not, the, the, the template is not that we should be perfect before we preach the gospel. Amen. That is not, that is not, that, that, that has silenced many believers from preaching the gospel. Amen. We are not preaching ourselves. We are preaching Christ. Hallelujah. Tell anybody you are not preaching yourself. You are preaching Christ. Right? And he also talked about trust. You know, rounding up with uh, Matthew uh, 6.33 that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and all this uh, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now many believers do not trust that going about the kingdom is sufficient to take care of their lives. Um, 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 Pastor Shola also spoke about, I, I think you focused on the heart of the believer, am I correct? Yeah, the heart of the believer. And, sorry? The heart of the soul winner. And um, Pastor Victor spoke, um, you know, reminded us that uh, we have eternal life. Amen. And he, he taught us that once, when we believe, we'll have eternal life. We, do, we will not have eternal life. We already have this eternal life. And the joy of this message, the joy of this good news is good enough to share. Amen. And I preached also on soul winning before. And my focus was telling us that, number one, we are enabled for this ministry. We are empowered. The Bible tells us that uh, God counted us faithful and enabled us and put us into ministry. Hallelujah. The Bible also says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost, you shall receive ability, you shall receive enablement when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. You shall win souls. You shall, you shall evangelize. You shall share my experience. You will have that power to do that. So we took time to say you are empowered for this. You, are, you have been enabled for this. And I also talked about boldness. Why it's important that as we go about soul winning, as we go about evangelism, that we go about it with boldness. And we looked at several scriptures, looking at Acts chapter 4, and um, also uh, Ephesians 6, 19 and 20, where Paul prayed for boldness. In Acts, the church were praying for boldness. And I said that it's important that we preach this message. Of course, that you know the message, but also that you preach it with boldness and you preach it with confidence, and you also pray for it. Amen. Amen. Pray for boldness, and you go about it. And, to, and this morning, my focus is believe the gospel. Because in my, in part of, uh, still just concluding my message the last time, is that one of the reasons, you know, we talked about trust, we talked about guilt, one of the reasons that people do not preach this message is because one of the things I like to do in analyzing problems or preferring solutions is what we call uh, RCA. It's called root cause analysis. Why are people not eager to preach this message? Why are we, you know, we've talked, so we've talked about several, several, I mean, we talked about trust, we talked about guilt. But one I found out is that people do not believe the gospel. Hallelujah. Look at anybody say, do you believe the gospel? Do you agree with me? There is nothing you do not believe that you do not share. If you are convicted about something, you will share it. Let's look at the last two days. Right? So people are convinced about what is right and what is wrong, and they are speaking out, right? Because they believe that. But many people have never gone as violent as that with the gospel. You know what revelation I got this morning? No, I, I think I should keep it first. But let me say it just in case I forget. Um, some people hate poverty more than they hate sin.
it's somewhere in the message, but it just came. And it really shook my mind. Because I went back to what Pastor Phil said again, that he said that loved righteousness and hated iniquity. And Pastor Phil said that if for us to really live right and to love right living, which is an outcome of righteousness, is to hate evil. But I realized that how come believers, some people even hate sickness more than sin. They detest it. So they, 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 don't want to, they, they don't want to see themselves poor. Do you understand? They don't understand, but they don't have that same that same fervency. You see that is a problem. And the first thing that the gospel takes care of is sin. Why did he come to die? Why did he come? Why was he buried? Why did he resurrect? It was for the forgiveness of sin. Sin first as a nature. And sin as a verb. The attributes of sin. The outcome of sin. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at this. Tell your neighbor again, believe the gospel. See, I believe the gospel. This is so key for us. Because believe, believing the gospel is the root of our Christianity. That's why we are called believers. Because you cannot be any other thing if you are not a believer. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you know the funny thing about belief? We don't have an SI unit of belief. In a sense. It's only God that knows who I is. Right? But they are fruits of the gospel. They are fruits of repentance. Amen? If someone believes, if someone is righteous, he would bear the right living. If someone is righteous, he cannot continuously condone sin in his life, right? There will always be a conflict, like Pastor Phil was telling us. There will always be a conflict. Not being convicted of sin or righteousness, but you'll be told, you'll be reminded who you are. You'll be reminded of your identity. Do we agree? Hallelujah. So it's important, but the SI unit of belief in itself, we cannot really tell. Because there are people that have acts of believers and are not still believers. Do you understand? <laughs> but it's just like loving and giving, right? You love. Because you love, you give, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his son. So if you love, you will give. But it's not everybody that gives, that loves. Is that true? That's the truth. So this, this matter is so core to our belief. It's so core to our salvation. Look at Romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 11. I have so much to share. I don't even know how I'm going to finish it. My version, NLT, no long thing. Straight to the point. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. If you confess, for it is by believing in your heart. Are you seeing that thing? It's not mistake. For it is by believing in your heart, not your head, that you are made right with God. 
and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Verse 11. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Amen. 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 I like that. That's also an addition to, uh, to Ike's message. For those that are afraid to trust in God, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Hallelujah. But when you look at that again, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Today, I just really want to touch all this. I really want the scriptures to speak for themselves. And I want you guys to listen. So what is this telling us? We should believe in our hearts. That God raised him from the dead. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Hallelujah. Where is that? Verse 10. Where is verse 10? NLT. That your NLT is it's not 2019. <laughs> I like the way my own puts it. So it's not just about this is our journey of believing and salvation. First of all, we should know that there are three tenses of salvation. Alright? You have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. This is where many people get it all mixed up. And if you do not understand it or you want to know more about this, you should go to the refinery. Alright? They will break this down for you. But let me try. Alright? We have been saved. And what has been saved is our spirit man, which is the, true, the real us. Right? Our spirit. We are spirit. How many of you know we are spirit? Yeah. Alright? So we have been saved. Why have we been why is that past tense? Because Christ has already come and our sins have been forgiven. The price has been paid. So that's past tense. That has already happened. Right? So what just needs to be, be done, and that has happened for the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for the whole world. That's the point. The Bible says that he reconciled the world to himself through Christ. So that has already happened. Right? And that is Spirit, and that is past tense. We are being saved. Right? Present, continuous, which is mind, soul, renewing of the mind. That's what the Bible says, renew your mind. If it's that we are saved and we are just saved, there's no need to renew your mind, right? But there's an OS that's running in people. Because your mind, your mind for, for 20 years, 30 years, you have been used to a certain lifestyle. So now you have to engage the law of the Spirit, which is working in the Spirit, working in love, right? To renew that operating system. So that is present, continuous. That is being saved. That is mind. And we will be saved, talks of glorification, right? The first one is what? Justification. The, the, the second one is sanctification. And the last one is glorification. The first one is uh, spirit. The second one is uh, mind. The last one is your body. When our bodies, when we see him, we'll be like him. Alright? So that will happen. That is future. Now, it's important to understand that the journey of salvation and believing is important that how, how we came into this 
Testament, how we came into this covenant, is how we continue in it. Hallelujah. We came believing, we will continue believing. So another thing that I really liked here is that, I don't just want us to see that it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved in terms of justification. But it also shows your sanctification. That you are willing to share the good news. You, are op- you cannot say you are a believer and you are not open about your faith. I you hear what I'm saying. You are not even in China where they have banned the spreading of the good news. You are not in Saudi Arabia. So one of the fruits of the gospel is people that share their faith. Hallelujah. And this is good news. Amen. There's no reason why anybody should not be excited to share good news. So I was talking about believing with your heart and being open and confessing with your mouth. My Bible says openly declaring your faith. And I was reminded again this morning that what we have found ourselves doing in this time and season is that we are believing with our head. Right? No. We are believing with our mouth and we are confessing with our hearts. <laughs> so, instead of you to be proud that you are saved, you just keep it in your heart. Say, God looks at my heart. Nobody's bold about their salvation. Nobody wants to preach the good news. We have twisted it. When, let me know, let me, okay, let me stay in the place of this position and salvation, but even in the outcomes of salvation in terms of um, healing in terms of prosperity, in terms of all that, we want. Sometimes we make the same mistakes, but we are correcting that now. People know how to say I'm rich. People know how to say I'm blessed. I'm healed. But sometimes people still make mistakes that they, they just I'm healed. You just say it in your mind. Do you get what I mean? That's not how to go about it. And even in this core part on the roots of our salvation, which is believing, you don't say I believe in my heart. Right? You don't just say, sorry, you don't just say, I believe in my, with your mouth. Yes, you say it in your heart. You believe in your heart, but you say it now, you say it out with your mouth. But what people are doing now is, they just keep it in their heart. Praise God. So see what I wrote here. I said, we must get back to the place where we are not only believing with our mouths and confessing with our hearts. Because that's where the church has gotten to now. You just confess with your hearts and just believe with your mouths. So people are talking scripture, talking gospel, but they don't believe it. Hallelujah. I mean, we, we know how to, to, to shine as lights in the church, but we can't go out there and shine his light. Amen. But all that has changed. All that has changed. We believe in our hearts and we declare with our mouths. We are open about our, our, our faith. We are open about our salvation. You see, this matter of belief is, you know, I shared with us Mark sixteen fourteen to 15. Mark sixteen fourteen to 15. You know, this is after the resurrection. So still later, he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief. 
he rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief. Because, you see, the core of all that we do is belief. The core of all that we do is belief. That's how you get saved. That's how you go through the sanctification process. See, he rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. This is after the cross. <laughs> you see, they don't rebuke. We rebuke after the cross. Jesus rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they did not believe that they had seen him. Hallelujah. And after that, in verse 16, 15, the Bible says, And he said to them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. What is the next thing after believing? Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel. The truth is, if we believe this gospel, we will share the gospel. That's, that's my major point today. We need to believe the gospel. Believe, dwell in the gospel. Grow in revelation of the gospel. Not just head knowledge, but let it be in our hearts. This matter of belief, I don't think it's a small matter. I think it's a, it's a big matter. Because it's believing of the hearts. Hallelujah. And that is why Pastor Phil keeps saying that when you hear the revelation of the gospel, if you have opinions and thoughts, you drop them like hot potatoes. And you receive what, 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 what the gospel has said. Let me show you why I think belief is a serious matter. Let's, show, let's look at Luke 16, 27. The story of Lazarus and the rich man. From verse 27, the Bible says, And he said, I beg you, Therefore, Father, <laughs> he was now calling him Father, right? Say that you would send him to my father's house, for I'll have five brothers, that they may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear. And he said, No. Father Abraham, if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. You see, I don't know whether we forgot this scripture when all those people were coming back from the dead with stories. Did we forget this scripture? And that's why you see, you see that most of those, the fear of those things doesn't last up to two weeks. There's a time, they have to be renewing it every year. Now the thing is like, it has casted. We don't want to hear of those things again. Because it's the gospel that saves. Hallelujah. The good news. But get my point. My point is that, he says, but he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. <laughs> That's a serious uh, matter. <laughs> you see that this belief thing is, is serious. Your mind must accept the gospel. Not see why I'm saying this is that I don't want us to be in church serving and we're not believing, preaching and we're not believing, teaching and we're not believing, 
going on evangelism and we are not believing. <laughs> this message is for all of us. Why is it for all of us? Because me, I don't know. I don't have your... There's no believer meter. <laughs> we have Rema meter, but we don't have... <laughs> Glory. <laughs> There's no believer meter. It's only God that knows those who are His. But guess what? You should know. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit bears weakness with our spirit that we are His. Hallelujah. When I saw this, eh? oh God. Then you'd be saying, Lord, bring her back to life. Bring him back to life. So that the whole world will change. I pray. <laughs> Do you know how many people have come back to life? There are people that have come back to life now. Did the community change? <laughs> Hear the gospel. Hear the good news. And accept it. Let there be a mind change. And receive this gospel. Amen. Tell anybody again, believe the gospel. I'll read another scripture. Romans 10, 14. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed. How can they call on him they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him, in, in, in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's encouraging us to preach. Go out there. Because if they have not heard, how will they believe? And how shall they preach unless they, unless they are sent? Have we been sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. Right? But they have not obeyed. They have not all obeyed the gospel. Amen. Because people have been sent. We are hearing these things. But they have not all obeyed. I will just skip that scripture. But I will, there is so much to read. Then the Bible says. For Isaiah says. Lord. Who has believed our reports? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed, their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, I will not provoke you to jealousy by those who are not in a nation. This is speaking to, I mean, the children of Israel or the nation of Israel. How, I mean, the gospel has come to them, but have they not believed? First of all, they started, how would they believe if they did not hear? But he said, they have heard, but they have not obeyed the gospel. That will not be our story. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's look at Mark 1, 14 to 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled 
and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Tell your neighbor, believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. There are two ways to look at repentance. I've, I've always looked at it in one way. But there's a part where you change your mind. You accept. And that is why you have, we have to be careful not to believe with our mouth and confess with our hearts. Do we understand? Hallelujah. And there's the part when you have believed this gospel. Because the Bible tells us it's the goodness of God that leads us to where? Repentance. So as we get this goodness, we keep churning our minds. We keep going through that process. Shifting. Accepting. Not stagnant. Bearing fruits of the word. Hallelujah. It's important that we believe in the gospel. Of course, John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of the only begotten son of God. Amen. Emphasis on belief. Hallelujah. Romans 1, 16 to 17. When I saw the scripture, I just felt like this is everything I need to say today. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Can we say that? Can we, can we make that declaration? Say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to me who believes. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Hallelujah. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen. This should be our pattern. We believe it and we are not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Like I said the other time, that, you know, there, whatever, you know, when the Bible gives an address like this, it means that there's a tendency for the opposite. There's a tendency to be ashamed. There's a tendency to cover or to, to I don't know how to put it, but not to go about the message with pride. Hallelujah. But we believe the gospel. And we are not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. We have, to, we, we, have to, we have to come to that place where our hearts are established in grace. Where our hearts are established in the gospel. 
I want to read this same scripture from the Passion Translation. It says, I refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. For I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved. The Jew first and then people everywhere. This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. A perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. This is what the scripture means when it says we are right with God through life-giving faith. Hallelujah. Like I said, we came believing, we stay believing. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible means from faith to faith. Hallelujah. That's what it means. It is the power of God unto salvation. You know, many times, you know, one of the things in all of this, uh, I don't know what to call it, but is the gospel is the solution to every problem. Why is it the solution? The gospel is the power of God. Is the power of God unto salvation. Now, salvation, not just justification, but the gospel is the, is the power unto sanctification. Hallelujah. The gospel empowers you from faith to faith. As you continue to believe and trust in God, you are, you are having victories over sin. You are having victory over sickness. You are having victory over the enemy. Do we understand? This is the gospel. But we must believe. Do we believe the gospel? Or are we looking for alternatives? Do we believe the gospel? Or are we trying to add something else? Do we believe the gospel? Do we trust? The, the, other, the other scripture says, He who believes in God will not be ashamed. Amen. Amen. The gospel of God is the power. Say the gospel of God is the power. It's all the power that you need. The gospel empowers us. Grace has empowered us to live above sin, to preach this gospel, to win in life. But how can we, how can the gospel empower you if you do not believe the gospel? Amen. Amen. Tell anybody again, the gospel is the power. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? 1 Corinthians 1.4 I'll read from the Passion Translation. I'm sure we all know this. Talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It says, Dear friends, but I want to read it from the Passion Translation. Dear friends, let me give you clearly the heart of the gospel that I preached to you. The good news that you have heartily received. You see, everywhere you talk about it, you have always seen heartily, heartily. Because it's not a, it's not a, it's not a light. It's not just... Do we understand what I'm saying? Your, your, your mind is important in this matter. Your heart is important in, the, in, in receiving the gospel and in sharing the gospel. Hallelujah. It says, the good news that you have hardly received and on which you stand. For it is through the revelation of the gospel that you are being saved. Did you see that? That is through. Which of the tenses of salvation is that? Sanctification present continuous. For it is through the revelation of the gospel. Not just that we are saved, but it's through this same revelation that we are being saved. Hallelujah. Many of us have come to God, but we think that growth 
growing as believers is not necessary for us. Tell your neighbor, we must grow. Provision has been made for that. For it is through the revelation of the gospel that you are being saved. If you fasten your life firmly to the message I taught you, unless you have believed in vain. Did you see that? So it's possible to believe in vain. I'm not the one that said this. I want the scriptures to speak for themselves today. For if you fasten your life firmly to the message I have taught you, unless you believed in vain, for I have, for I have shared with you what I have received and what is of utmost importance. This thing I'm about to say, Paul says it's of utmost importance. For I have shared with you what I have received and what is of utmost importance. The Messiah died for our sins. I hear that that's what, that is of utmost importance. You know, many times we, 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 we are quick to jump to the events. But we must know what those events are all about. That's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. It's all about the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. That God is no longer angry with us. That he has reconciled us back to himself through Christ. Amen. Those events, this is what they're about. That the Messiah died for our sins. Right? According to the scriptures. Fulfilling the prophecies of the scriptures. He was buried in a tomb and was raised from the dead after three days. As foretold in the scriptures. This is the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. That God so loved the world that he gave, he saw the condemnation of the world. That he gave his only begotten son to come die for us. To pay that sacrifice. And this is what you should tell people when you go out to preach. This is the gospel. Amen. This is good news. It's good news for everybody. I want to thank those that came out for evangelism yesterday. Let's put your hands together for them. This is good news. This is good news. Hallelujah. You know, and you know, one of the things is that we're here in Abuja, and you know that there are Muslims here, so you don't even, I don't even know what our excuse will be. You know, in Nigeria, we believe everybody is saved. <laughs> Amen. That's why some of us want to go to other nations of the earth. <laughs> Amen. Somebody says, when you, when you give your life to Christ, the next thing you should get is your passport. Because going into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Go to the nations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what we tell them. It's good news. Because they actually every religion puts on the people that they should try and attain a certain level that nobody can attain. Do you understand? They try to attain a certain level of perfection. And when you tell them, you see, that no one can attain God's standard, they all agree. Amen. They all agree. And you let them know that they have already been reconciled to God through Christ. Christ is not going to come down and die again. He has already done it. But we must receive and believe that that has been done. Amen. We must receive and believe that our sins have been forgiven. We must accept Him in as our new Lord and our Savior. Praise God. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. Amen. The second part of what I would have taken time to share 
is be the gospel and live the gospel. I've taken time to ch- we've taken time to tell us about sharing the gospel and you know preaching this message, sharing this good news. We have all been given the ministry of reconciliation. And I spent time to tell us today that we should believe the gospel. Believe the gospel. As you go back home, feed on the love of Christ. Amen. Feed on the love of God. Open up the scriptures. Know about this gospel. Pray. Walk in the spirit. Receive his love. Because if, if you truly believe the gospel, nobody needs to tell you to share it. Amen. Nobody needs to tell you to share it. So, what I wrote here is that when you truly believe the gospel, you will be the gospel and you will leave the gospel. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 to 6, New Living Translations, it says the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourself. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ. Tell your neighbor, you are a letter from Christ. What are people reading? Amen. Ask them, what are people reading? (laughs) You are a letter from Christ. We are living epistles. We must, we, must, we, must, we must live, we must respond in life without revelation. Yes, preach the gospel. You know, like I said, that mentality which is not balanced of do not preach the gospel except, how, how do we say it? Preach the gospel if necessarily by words. It sounds great. But that has silenced the church from preaching the gospel. Because you now want to begin to look at yourself and say, oh, you're you're not preaching yourself. You're not preaching yourself. You're preaching Christ. But I am also saying that your life should be a light. The Bible says that we are the light of the world and we are the salt of the earth. Men should see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Amen. That's how it should be. So he says, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry in you. This letter is not written with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is, not carved, it is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. Amen. So there's no pressure on you. Hallelujah. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything of our own. Our qualification Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. Hallelujah. Amen. This is not a covenant. This is a covenant not written, not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Hallelujah. I pray that the Word ministers to our hearts today. It's, It's really important that we believe the gospel. And we be the gospel. It is more necessary and needful in our time that we believers be the gospel. 
be the light. Because there are so many things. People love Christ, but they don't like, they don't like Christians. Because people have misrepresented what the gospel is about. Do we understand? Yes, God looks at the heart. But man looks at the outward appearance. And I believe we are trying to bring man to God. So our outward appearance is important. Do we agree? We are a letter written from Christ. We are the Christ that some people would only see. Only know. Only hear. We have this gospel. We have this responsibility. We've taken time to tell us that our lives is all about the gospel. If you are wise, you are wise for the gospel. If you are rich, you are rich for the gospel. If you are, if you are, if you are educated, you are educated for the gospel. Because anything in our lives that we will not be able to tie to the advancement of the gospel, that thing has no eternal value. Do you agree? If you are married, you are married for the gospel. Hallelujah. How does what you are doing advance the gospel? We need to begin to ask ourselves these questions. Hallelujah. And one of the ways we can be the gospel and live the gospel is what Pastor Phil taught us on Wednesday. Walk in the Spirit, walk in love. Tell your neighbor, walk in the Spirit, walk in love. To walk in the Spirit is to walk in love. Not just speaking in tongues. You can look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. Walk in the Spirit, work in love. It's time for us to be signboards of Christ. Too many Christians going to church, no example in church, no example outside church. Who is going to be Christ's representative? Who is going to be the ambassadors of Christ? We have kept our Christianity to Sundays and Wednesdays. We don't even know how to preach the gospel anymore. We don't even know how to show and live out the gospel. We have kept it and we have just kept it in our hearts. But no more. I say no more. You will have conversations with your friends. You will see those junctions. See, there are always junctions for the gospel. You will hear when somebody is talking about anger or about God is angry with him. or this. You will hear things that are on gospel. And you will know that this is a place to put in Christ. You will know. I'm telling you, I always find it. It may be something that does not have to do with church. It may just be something about work. Maybe how somebody is frustrated. Maybe how somebody is fed up. It may be, it may be, uh, it may be sickness. Whatever it is, and somebody has come to the end of himself. You would find those places, and you would declare the gospel. Hallelujah. We are not ordinary. We are, not, we are on assignments. Tell anybody we are on assignments. Another way we can be and live the gospel is Jude 1, 2021. Jude 1, 2021. It says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. We never go to the next verse. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Oh my God. That is so deliberate. It's not the love of God keeping you. Keep yourself. When you hear 
In fact, this weekend, I, to prepare for this message was tough. I'm telling you, I was just praying. Even though I, I thank God that God had already given me the word, you know, earlier on in the week, you know, believe the gospel. And when Pastor Phil was leading prayers on Friday, he confirmed it. But I mean, there was just noise everywhere. Like everybody was talking. It was just, it was just a lot, you know. But we must know how to keep ourselves in the midst of the noise, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of everything. Keep yourself. Keep yourself is a verb. It's, 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 it's deliberate. Keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. So one of the, when, when you are praying in the Holy Ghost, it's one of the ways to keep yourself in the, world, in, in the love of God. Amen. 20 is pray in the power of the Holy Ghost. The next phrase is keep yourselves in the love of God. Hallelujah. Looking unto the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, unto eternal life. Hallelujah. We must be deliberate to be the gospel and to live the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 15. For the love of Christ controls and compels us. Of course, we have told us that we, you, we, you can interchange love and spirit. That does not even seem like love in a sense. It seems like the spirit of God. It says that the love of God compels. Because the Bible also tells us about the Spirit of God leading us and influencing us. And here it's putting it to love. It says the love, Christ's love controls us and compels us. Since we have believed that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. When we are, when we have kept ourselves in the love of God, when we have yielded to His Spirit, you would see that he will guide us, He will control us, He will lead us. We will be yielded to His influence. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Phil said on Wednesday, he said, don't tell me you love God by your love for God. Don't tell me you love God by your love for God. We know your love for God by your love for people. Not me, I don't even know your love for God. That's just the truth. I can't measure that. It's another one that we cannot measure. Walking in the Spirit. So, so he also said here, Godly sorrow is not condemnation, and condemnation is not judgment. Is, condemnation is judgment. Hallelujah. We must learn to come to that path where, I mean, how we live our lives matters to us. Amen. Have you read Romans 14 before? I will end with those two scriptures. Romans 14 and one last scripture because my time is far spent. But let me read Romans 14. Because we must, as believers, be compelled by the love of Christ. We must be compelled by the Spirit of Christ. We have come to a place where Christian liberty does not help us be the gospel or live the gospel. A misunderstanding of the liberty of grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, one of the things I knew growing up was as when believers do not, when, the, when we do not consider this scripture, there's another one in Corinthians, I think. When we, when we forget these scriptures and everything becomes acceptable, then I know that there's a problem. But this scripture would always keep us in check. Hallelujah. Tell anybody, be the gospel. Leave the gospel. 
We don't want to sell something that is not working for us. Amen. You are selling a drug. And a drug, the drug, somebody is selling Nixodem and he has people. Let's be serious now. <laughs> Amen. I'm not saying if you have people, don't sell Nixodem. Because the Nixodem may work for somebody else. Do you get what I'm saying? It will work. Nixodem works. It's you that is not working. Accept other believers who are weak in faith. And don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Don't be stuck in what is right or wrong. There are many things that are not in the Bible. I hope you know. You say, actually, the believer smoke or this thing that is no secret. <laughs> Wait. Verse 2. Those who feel free to eat anything must. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. Vegetarians. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. God has accepted them. What's your own problem? Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Are you the one that died for them? Are they, respons- they are responsible to the Lord. So let him judge whether they are right or wrong. And with the Lord's help, they will do what is right and will receive his approval. Verse 5. In the same way, some think that one day is more holy than another day. While others think that every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on this special day, do it to honor Him. Those who eat any kind of food, do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods, also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. Abi? For we, for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord. And if we die, it is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose. To be Lord of the living and the dead. Verse 10. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of, of God. For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Verse 12. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Live in such a way. That you will not cause another believer to... If we miss this part, I cannot, you know, eh, I will do it as I feel, as I like. No. Please, let me read that part again. Please, let's decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Verse 14. Very balanced. I know and I am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in in and of itself is wrong to eat. I understand that as Paul. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. Verse 15. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, and you are not acting in love with, with if you, you are not acting in love if you eat it. You see where walking in the spirit and walking in love comes in. Don't let your eating ruin someone from whom Christ died. Oh my God. That's so powerful. Don't let your eating you may say, oh, this thing, what is eating? What is, what is, it's so trivial. But don't let 
your eating ruin someone who Christ died. Don't let your life, don't let your lifestyle, the things you, the way you go about it. Verse 16. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not in a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For if you serve Christ with this attitude, you would please God. Right? And others will approve of you too. Many people don't think it's important for other people to approve of them. It's important to where we are going is far. It's important. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says a man is valued by what others say of him. Why don't they think it's important? God looks at my heart. God looks at my, my heart. Heaven, heaven bound. But you are still here with us now. Don't cause problem for us. I don't understand. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat, over the things that you do. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. Why are using eating here? Remove that eating and put other verbs as you like. 21. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it may cause another believer to stumble. You may believe there is nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. You know, like, eh, like your quiet place, eh, inside your quiet place, be doing what you are doing in your quiet place. You believe it's right, I mean, just do it. Let it be your private worship. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. 23. But if you, are, if you have doubts about whether you or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. You see that this sinning is not a... <laughs> we, we who are strong must be considerate. Come on. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We must not just please ourselves. Hallelujah. We should help others to do what is right. And then, I mean, people have Bible. People should read it. Hallelujah. It's very clear now. When did we get to that place where we just live as we like? Do it. This is talking about fellow believers. Imagine unbelievers. What example should we set for unbelievers? We are talking about fellow believers in light. We must be the gospel. We must live the gospel. What are we living for? This is what crowns are given for. This is what crowns are given for. That people share the gospel. They believe the gospel. They live the gospel. They be the gospel. They share this light. The Bible says we are ambassadors of Christ. We are letters from Christ. We would share this gospel and will be this gospel. Let's rise on our feet. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.